You're listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? Every service is different for everybody because, I mean, I, I remember I was in, I told this story a couple of weeks ago when I was, did this conference. I was in um, Louisville, Kentucky at a big church, 5,000-member church, and um, it's where Colonel Sanders used to be a member. I was, got, I got saved in that church, <clears throat> and uh, I remember the lady, there was a lady there. She was the, the, the governor, the ex-governor of the state of Kentucky. His sister was there, and the power of God came on her. And she went into a trance, but she was stayed in that trance, didn't move nothing for four days. Four days. And people go, yet, and yet, but that is our heritage. You know, Maria Woodworth Edder was preaching in St. Louis, and she went into a trance. And I think there's like 10,000 people there, or, or less than that. Three days later, when she came out of the trance, over 100,000 people came through just to see her. See, God uses signs and wonders. People say, well, what are signs and wonders? It's easy. A sign is something that makes you wonder. That's what signs and wonders are. And if you're going to, listen, and the thing that you have to, we have to get out of in the church is we have to get out of our head. Because you're going to miss God. Because God's not a mind. God's a spirit. I can tell you things by individuals. I'll tell you one about Smith and Wigglesworth. One time Smith Wigglesworth, and everybody talks about Wigglesworth. You know, everybody talks about Wigglesworth today, but I'm going to be honest with you. Many pastors that talk about Wigglesworth today, if he was here, he wouldn't be invited to their church. Because he's radical. I mean, he was, he was radical. And he, 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 I mean, he'd punch people, but they'd get healed. Amen? One time, one time a couple brought their newborn baby up on the platform. For him to pray for it, you know what he did? He walked over to the baby, said in the name of Jesus, and kicked it off the platform. It went flying like a football in the air. Now, I mean, you better be a man of faith. You better know God to do that. But you know what? The newborn, I think it had some incurable disease going to die. But guess what? The baby lived. It was totally healed. You know what? Religious people got mad, but I promise you, those, those, those people, the parents, they're thanking God for Wigglesworth. Well, I can't believe somebody kicked something. Really? Well, Jesus spit on three people that we know of. Back in when, when it was the, the lowest, I mean, spitting was, it was, you don't, I mean, in Singapore today, you spit on the ground, they arrest you. You don't, you don't, you don't spit on the ground, let alone spit on people. But Jesus did. Maybe should really, maybe 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 should talk. Maybe maybe we should just rock people's world tonight when it comes to Jesus. <laughs> ah, Jesus wouldn't do that. But he did. No, he did. One time he one time one time. One of them he spit on the ground. The Bible says he made mud and put it on a blind, blind man's eye. Listen, that was a lot of spit. I mean, that wasn't just a little, 
he had to make mud. Come on, people. So you know what the problem is, is that most people is religiously brainwashed. See, most people see a religious Jesus, and they, they don't see Jesus as he really is. That's why when, when there used to be Christian bookstores, when you go into the Christian bookstore, you'd always see that one picture of Jesus. And I don't, First off, I don't know why he's always white. Jesus wasn't white. There's always that white, pasty-faced man they use. And he's, and, he's, and he's so depressed. I mean, my grandmother's there. I mean, especially our, the older generation. Everybody had a picture of Jesus. <clears throat> but that's not a true description of Jesus. Because the Bible says that he had the oil of gladness above his fellow man. He was anointed. God specifically anointed Jesus with the oil of gladness above his fellow men. That means Jesus was happier, more joyful than anybody else. That's what the Bible says. So how come he's always depressed when you when see these pictures of him? No, 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 no. Understand, Jesus had the Holy Ghost without measure. And when you're full of the Holy Ghost, there's always joy about you. Amen? Amen? It's not God's will for us to be sad. If you're sad, it's because you choose it. Amen? Amen. Come on, church. If you're sad or depressed, it's because you choose it. Everything in life's a choice. I think I'm going to talk to this guy on the screen. How you doing, everybody? <laughs> oh, Hallelujah. But Jesus did. He, he, he spit on. He spit on the ground. He, I mean, so people. People. I mean, I know. I don't. People don't do it now. But I remember back in the day, everybody used to wear these WWJD bracelets. Seriously, you would, most people wouldn't even do what he did. Well, he spit on a blind man. Well, are you gonna go spit on somebody's blind? What would Jesus do? Well, what would he do? He told the religious people they were devils. He told the religious people they were hypocrites and they were devils. And they, if they made any converts, they'd be twice the devils that you are. Come, come over to this section. This is the drunk section over here. I, maybe I'll put the pulpit right here. Is that really a church over there? I don't know, man. I'm joking with this section. But the Lord is good. Amen? Amen. And that's the, one of the things about Holy Ghost meetings is that the Holy Ghost will paint on the canvas of your heart the true picture of Jesus. Amen? Amen. You won't get, get rid of that religious Jesus. Jesus was joyful. Amen? Amen. Jesus was joyful. And everywhere you went, people got joyful. Everywhere he went, people would go leaping and walking and praising God. Hallelujah. Everywhere he went, except his own hometown, <laughs> they'd be miracles and signs and wonders. That's just who he was. Amen. Amen. 
He loved the people. Now, he was brutal on the religious people, but he loved people. Amen? That's why whenever you see somebody you, you condemning people, that's, that's not the gospel. Now, there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. When the gospel's preached, there'll be conviction. Amen? But God doesn't condemn. We've got awesome pastors. No, really. I've, I've been, and, 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 and he didn't tell me to say any of this, so please, that's not, that's, we don't operate that way anyway. Amen? But you've got awesome pastors. And I've been, I've been able to spend some quality time with, with both of them and, and uh, precious, precious people. Thank, you need to thank God for who God has sent yes. to this area. Amen? Thank, and the thing I've learned, thing that I've learned is this, is that you take care of the ones God sends you. Because if you don't take care of them, God will send them someplace where they will be taken care of. Amen? I mean, you need to make sure they drive the best cars. You need to sure that they have the best of everything. Amen? Make, make sure that to come and bless Pastor Sarah all the time. Amen? Amen. I mean, make sure they got a nice house. Everything. everything. Amen? People behind you. It's, 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 listen, it's, it's awesome. You guys are awesome. Amen. And you got a great pastors. And, and, and we're so excited what God's done in this church and what he's going to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And it comes into the house and it, uh, thank God for the anointing. Amen. Because where the anointing is, there's liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Amen. Thank God for freedom. Hallelujah. Freedom's good. I've been bound up and I've been freed. And I'd much rather be, have freedom. Amen. No, no going back to Egypt. No going back to the slop of Egypt. Amen. It's time we're just going to press on. Come on, we're just going to keep, we're just going to press on. Amen. We're going to go higher. We're not going to take a step back. Come on, we're not going to take a step back. We're going, we're going higher. We're going to keep pressing on and keep pressing forward. Amen? We don't look back. Amen? And that's, that's the trick the enemy. Sometimes people make a mistake or mess up, and the enemy want to keep you right there. But no, keep going forward. Amen? Keep pressing forward. Hallelujah. Come on. See, because, see, see, religion says when you, when, you, when you mess up, religion says leave. But true Christianity says, no, come back. Religion says, run from God. True Christianity says, no, run to God. Amen? Because he's just so good. Hallelujah. And I, I see, I see the, the next building, hallelujah, that's coming. And this is a great blessing in this church. And I know Pastor is grateful for this church. And they were meeting in the place that didn't even have air conditioning. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, um, and so God blessed, blessed you with this place, and, and it's, it's, it's sufficient for right now, but there's something bigger coming. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen? Because with God, we always increase. 
Because the Bible says that, we, that, that he increases us. In the book of Psalms, the Bible says that he increases us more and more and more. Amen? He doesn't decrease us more and more and more. Amen. No, he increases us more and more and more. Amen. Then he goes both small and great. That means God, God increases everybody. Amen? I like increase. Amen? I, li- I, like, I like increase. I like a lot. Amen? Incre- increase is good. Go with me, if you would, in your Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke, the fifth chapter. Now I know why the, this is just in my heart, why the Lord wants us to go here. Luke 5. We're going to start with, I mean, you, as you just see, I mean, you see, the, you, you see the healing ministry of Jesus. You know, Luke 4, Jesus began to proclaim that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. The Spirit of life was upon him. Then we see devils being cast out of people. We see the leper was healed. But here in verse 17, Luke chapter 5, verse 17, I'm going to read the, the whole portion of, 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 of this man's story, the healing here, and then I'm going to share some things with you by the Spirit tonight. Because there's some things that God's going to do tonight, and there's some things going to be put in people tonight, and there's some things that's going to take place in people tonight, because some, some, some people just, they just go around in circles. Well, that's going to change tonight. It's time to come up higher tonight. Amen? Come to come up, I'm even talking about myself. Come on, it's time to come up higher tonight. But in Acts, or not Acts, but Luke chapter 5, page 1341 in my Bible. Read now the King James. He says here in verse 17, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Say that with me. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now I want you to notice that the Bible makes it very clear that Jesus was here teaching. Jesus was teaching. One of the main things Jesus did more than anything is he taught. But the Bible says, but understand something, but with his teaching came a demonstration. With his preaching came a demonstration. The Bible says that Jesus went about all the cities and all the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. So we see that Jesus taught. We see that he preached. We saw that he healed. What did he do? He taught, he preached, and he demonstrated. He taught, he preached, and he demonstrated. That's why I really don't understand churches today that settle for not having a demonstration. Because one thing about the gospel is it's supernatural. One thing about the word of God is it's supernatural. One thing that you'll see from Genesis all the way to to Revelations is the demonstration of the power of God. Amen? I mean, the very beginning of the world was supernatural. God said, and there was. Amen? And the Holy Ghost was there to bring it to pass. 
That's why the Bible says that, that you, as you study the Word of God, the, the, the Word of God begins with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God ends with the Holy Spirit. The ministry of Jesus was by the Spirit. He was born of the Spirit. He was baptized in the Spirit. He was sent forth by the Spirit. Amen? We're no different. We're born of the Spirit. We're baptized in the Spirit. And we're sent forth by the Spirit. Everything's by the Holy Ghost. We are in the age of the dispensation of the Holy Ghost. Everything's by the Holy Ghost. Amen? And we need to get back to doing things by the Holy Ghost instead of doing things by the flesh. Amen? When you do by things by the Holy Ghost, there's miracles. When you do things by the flesh, you have to have smoke machines. Amen? Because when you have no, when there's no anointing present, you've got to make up with it somehow. And most, listen, we're not here to appeal to the flesh. Amen? Come on. It's time that the church rise up. It's time that the church get out of that baby stage. It's time that the church get off the milk. It's time for the church to grow up and step into who they are. We're the church. We are the church. We are the blood-bought church of God. Nothing can stop us. Hell cannot overcome us. Hell cannot stop you. And some of you waiting for God to do something, but the reality is God's waiting on you to find out who you are, come into an understanding of who you are, and you do something. Amen? Stop waiting on God to rebuke the devil, and you do it. Stop waiting for God to remove your mountain, and you do it. Amen? It's amazing what people, people tolerate. And a lot of times it's because they believe wrong. No, they believe wrong. That's why the Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Or my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Amen? And, 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 and you're not, we, listen, we are not going to be able to, 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 you know, when we stand before God to cry ignorance. Amen? Because the, God told us. And a lot of times people think this is for the pastor or for the minister. But God said to every single one of us, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that, not, that needs not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of God. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Well, you know what? What's the other side of the coin? If you can be approved unto God, then that means you can be disapproved. Study to show yourself approved. Rightly dividing the word of God. Well, if the word of God can be rightly divided, it can also be wrongly divided. And that's what the cults do. That's what people that believe in, don't believe in prosperity do. They wrongly divide the word of God. That's what people that don't believe in miracles do. They wrongly divide the word of God. That's what people that don't believe in victory, don't believe, don't believe that we have authority, don't believe, come on, that don't believe in prosperity. They, uh, they wrongly divide the word of God. And it's not based upon Scripture. Listen, if, if you can't base your belief on Scripture, then you need to forget about your belief. 
Well, Brother Rich, I just believe this all my life. Well, yeah, I'm sure you have. But guess what? It's robbed you. Because anything that's not based on Scripture will rob you. And the Bible tells us to study to show ourselves approved unto God. So when we, do you realize this? And here's, here's, what, I, and here's, here's what I think one of the problems is in the church is that many in the church are not eternity minded. I've been sharing this story lately, but, but the Lord's had me share it because it's so prevalent. It's, it, it's, it needs to be said today. Because you know what? There should not, there should not be people that go from church to church to church. That's not scriptural. I'm not talking about going to special services and meetings. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about church. The one week this is your church, another week that's your church, another month that's your, no, 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 no. It's not the pastors. I just can't find a church. It's not true. Amen. Come on, church. Don't, don't shout me down because I'm preaching really, really good now. Because I'm preaching better than you're shouting. <laughs> And, and, and that's what people do. They get mad at the pastor and they want to come and, and lie. Well, you know, I just feel the Lord's moving us on. But, it, but the reality is not. And they make decisions based upon the soulish realm and it'll cost you. I'll give you an example. I was associate pastor up in, in New York, upstate New York. I was there for a couple of years. And, and there was this gentleman who came and, and came to me and said, Pastor Richard, he said, uh, he said we're... we're we're, um, we're leaving the church. And he said, no, no, we love the church, but Brother Richard, I got a promotion and I'm going to be making double the money. And I'm like, won't, won't, wrong answer. To make any decision based on money is so carnal and so soulish and it's wrong. Because as Christians, we need to read our Bible. We don't make decisions based on money. We don't make decisions based on the opportunity. We make decisions based on the Holy Ghost. Because the Bible says those that are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. We do everything we do because we're led by the Holy Ghost to do it. And he said, oh, Brother Richard, I'm going to be able to buy my wife a dream home. Well, that's great. Oh, Brother Richard, I'm going to be able to buy a boat and do all the things and that, you know, give my family a good life. Well, that's awesome, but you can do that here. Oh, yeah, but the job's, you know, it's like three, four hours away, whatever. I said, is there even a church there? No, oh, no, there's no, really no good church here, Brother Richard, but we're strong Christians. Wah, wah, another wrong answer. Wah, wah. <laughs> wrong answer. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. This is for some people here tonight because I'm going to help you. Wrong answer. I said, don't do it. I said, first off, God can bless you right here and not only give you double the money, give you triple the money. Because you're limiting God. And I said, don't do it. Well, he got mad at me, and they always do. And a lot of times I find people just come... They know not to do it, but they want to please the flesh, and they're just looking for the pastor or the minister, the leader, to agree with them. But you don't understand, as ministers, we're going to stand before God. I'm not going to stand before you. I'm going to stand before God. Your pastor's not going to stand before you. He's going to stand before God. 
And we're going to give an account. That's why, you know, that's one of the reasons I didn't want to be a preacher because when I first got saved, I, find out, I found out that preachers are going to be judged harder. Yeah. I won't be a preacher. <laughs> I said, don't do it. And he didn't listen. Well, I left the church and on good terms. God just moved, just had us go back on the road. And, and uh, I found out three years later, the man's divorced. His 16-year-old daughter's pregnant and his 14-year-old son's on drugs. You know why? Because he did not make the decision based on eternity. See, everything you do, you have to ask yourself the question, when I, when I do this, how is it going to affect mine or my kid's eternity? See, we have to be eternity-minded. Now listen to me, church. We have to be eternity-minded. Because everything we do is based on eternity. See, later on, I mean, when we receive the offering, understand it's based on eternity. Sunday morning when the dear church ties an offering, it's based on eternity. Understand everything's based on eternity. And people just want to go off and do their own thing. But as Christians, understand something. As Christians, you don't belong to you. If Jesus is really Lord of your life, then that means he's Lord over the things you do. He's Lord over the friends you keep. He's Lord over the places you go. Come on, he's Lord over the things you watch. Come on, he's He's Lord. Amen? And we take it so lightly. But there's so much that God wants to do. But we limit him through here and through a lack of knowledge. But there's so much that God wants to do. There's so much. Every, listen to me. Every single one of you in this church. First off, not one person in this church tonight does God have anything against. Not one person tonight in here. Every single one of you in this church tonight, God has big plans for your life. Every one of you. Yeah, but Brother Richard, yeah, but you know, I, I turned 70. See, there is a problem right there. You're in the natural. You're in the soulish realm. Do you think God uses us based upon our age? God don't use us based upon our age. He uses us based upon our obedience. Amen? And so many people alter their, 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 their path because of wrong decisions. But that's made out of the soulish realm. Or, listen to me, or they're made out of fear. I'm going to tell you right now. Anything you do based on fear is wrong. Anything you do based on emotion is wrong. That's not how we live as Christians. Right. Remember, understand something. When we gave our life to Jesus, understand, we were translated from the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of God. We were translated from one system to another system. It's God's system. Even though we're in the world, we're not of the world. We don't operate as the world operates. We don't think as the world thinks. Come on, we don't do as the world does. Because our leader 
and our head and our Lord and our King and our God is on the inside of us. Amen? That's why God will have you do something. That's why you live from in here. Just, just pull up Romans. Just, we're there in Luke 5. I'm, we're just going to come back here. I'm just, just, just follow the Holy Ghost. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Well, let's look at verse, I tell you what. Yeah, let's go to chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. He says in verse 2, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Do you understand there's spiritual laws? Understand, as believers, there's, there's, there's laws, spiritual laws that are in operation. That's why you got to control this thing. That's why you got to control your tongue. Because the Bible says life and death comes from your tongue. And some people and, and some people want to play around. And I've watched people play around. Ah, well, you know, they, they get up and, you know, they, they go to get up and they, they get slow and oh, it's my arthritis kicking in. And they're trying to be funny, but you don't realize that just with your mouth, you're sitting in operation of spiritual law. Ah, that kid of mine, he's just so disobedient. Do you realize you're sitting in the motion of spiritual law? Yep. Amen? Yes. The best thing that could happen today to actually some kids is for the, and I'm going to be honest with you, is for the Board of Education to be applied to the seat of learning. Amen? Discipline your kids. In love. In love. Everything's in love. I've heard parents, ah, kid of mine, he's just so disobedient. You, you're setting emotional law. Because the Bible says life and death comes from our tongue. Ah, grandkid of mine, well, I was home back, grandkid of mine, don't turn out like my son. You're setting emotional law. Hello? Now, you can reverse it. Well, how do you reverse it? The same way you... Created it. You understand, your tongue created the mountain, your tongue can bring down the mountain. Amen? Amen. I didn't have, listen, I, this is not in my notes tonight, but we'll just follow the Holy Ghost. Because everything's about eternity. And the Bible says here, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Understand, we live under the law of freedom. We live under the law of the spirit. We don't live under the law of sin and death. Understand, death has been defeated from our life. We've been, we've been rescued from death. We've been rescued from death. No, we've been rescued from death. Problem is the church don't know who they are. Amen? My Bible says that goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. 
I mean, every morning I wake, I mean, you need to wake up in the morning, morning and just wake up and say, hello, good morning, mercy, good morning, goodness. Because goodness and mercy follows us. That's what the Bible says. Goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our life. Amen? Bible says he redeems the life of the righteous from destruction. Hallelujah. Brother Richard, you sound like you just believe the Bible. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember one I remember about four or five years ago, I was in a five-week revival and, and I had to I, I, I flew to a, a wedding. And then I'm driving home, I'm not driving home, I'm driving back to the revival. I said, I said I'm going to drive. And so I'm driving through Virginia, and it was snowing. And, you know, I was, I was in the, you know, probably going a little fast. <laughs> Actually, ain't no probably do it. And uh, I hit some black ice. And when I did, I'm on I-64. I was heading east. I hit the black ice, spun around. Now I'm still heading east, but I'm facing west. <laughs> and my car hit the medium, the grass, and flipped over. And I'm upside down, going, going down the road in the medium. And it came back on its wheels. And all the, the, the front, the, thing, the cave, actually, actually, one of the guys who used to be a, uh, fire and rescue, he said, man, I thought I was coming up to find somebody dead. And I, I didn't have one scratch on me. I was actually talking on the phone, the Bluetooth, to another minister, a missionary. And, and when it came to, I heard, I heard Sean going, Richard, Richard, Richard. And I'm like, now I'm looking for my phone. I was like, Sean, Sean, I just flipped the car. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I know, I heard everything. I was like, Sean, did I say anything? And he said, yeah, you went, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And, and I went, whoo, hallelujah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> Because out of, out of your heart, your tongue's going to talk what's in your heart. Amen? You know what some people would have done? Oh, I'm going to die. See, they, the people just, they speak death. That's why you got to be careful what you say. That's why, you know, don't, don't ever speak out of anger. People, you know, you ever heard people, oh, no, I'm just going to give them a piece of my mind. No, don't, 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 don't. First off, it might be the last piece you got. Secondly, <laughs> you're going to set in motion a law. Don't do it. Amen? I'm giving you, uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you spiritual, this will change your life. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this, not, not only will it change your life, doing, just, just doing what I'm telling you to do right now will take you from sickness to health. Because as Christians, we don't talk death. As Christians, we don't talk sickness and disease. 
as Christians, we don't talk like. Amen? Because that's not who we are. We're the redeemed of the Lord. No, we are the redeemed of the Lord. We are. Not going to be. We are the redeemed of the Lord. But guess what? It's you and I by our, what we believe, by believing the word of God, it's you and I by believing the word of God, by getting into faith that causes redemption, the life of the redeemed to be manifest. Amen. You have to understand, you have your part to play in it. Everybody wants God to do it. No, but you have your part to play in it. You had to do something to get saved. And so many people, they're of the belief system. Well, if the Lord wants me to have it, it just happened. Well, if the Lord wants me to have that house, it just happened. If the Lord wants me to have that, if the Lord wants me blessed, I'll be blessed. And, and, and the problem with that, and many of you, some of you grew up that way. I heard that all my life. Especially in religion. That's, 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 religious, that's religion's gospel. Well, God's will be done. But the reality is this, is that with that, that puts all the focus on God and no focus on you. No, that puts everything on God doing something, but you doing nothing. But it's the other way around. God responds to us. What we do. And by laws, that's just set in motion. Amen. Amen? I believe that he redeems my life from destruction. Guess what? And I proved it out. I believe the word. Amen? Believe the word. Speak the word. No, speak the word. So many, speak, so many people speak the problem. Or so many people, seek, they, they speak what is. That's not how faith operates. No, that's not how faith operates. And I want everybody here to please God. I want everybody here to step into what God has for you. Because God has something for every single one of you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stress the fact again. It makes no difference what you've done in your life or how bad you've messed up or how many times you've messed up. God is so much bigger than your mistake. His goodness is so much greater than your mistake. Amen? But we have to change this. Well, how does this change, Brother Richard? Because we change this. Well, how do we change this? By getting into this. Amen? It don't happen overnight. Amen? Some people done it wrong. They've done it wrong for 30 years. So it's not going to happen overnight. But you've got to give yourself to it. Amen? But you've got to start somewhere. Amen? And the Bible says that we are redeemed. The Bible says that this life that we now live, we live by the law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life, not the law of sin and death. That's why, that's why COVID didn't bother me, because I don't live under that law. Amen? Amen? Yes. 
That's why I wasn't afraid of it, because I don't live under that law. Because we don't live by fear. And everything you do based on fear is wrong. 100% of the time, any decision you make on fear is wrong. Because that's not how we live. The Bible says we live by faith. The Bible says that the righteous, you and I, that we live by faith. Nothing's done but by faith. And we saw that with COVID. So many people in the church got in fear. So many people got in fear. Next thing you know, everybody's wearing a mask. Why did people wear a mask? Because, well, obviously some did because they were told to. But it wasn't a law. But, again, I'm just giving some people the benefit of the doubt. But the reality is, people did it because of fear. But why? Because they don't realize that what's inside of them is greater than anything that's in the world. Because we live our life, come on, not by the law of sin and death. We're free from the law of sin and death. That's why I said last night, Paul could just take that snake that jumped out of the fire, that venomous snake, and shake it off. Why? Because Paul understood the life of God's in him, not death that comes from that venom of that snake. Amen? And I say that because they're going to release another one in 2025. So just be ready. That's why you got to know who you are in Christ. You got to know who you are. We don't live by fear. Well, Brother Richard, did you wear a mask? The only time I ever, the only time I wore a mask is when I traveled overseas. Because I was on the airplane and it wouldn't even let me on if I didn't. So I was forced to. But I didn't wear, I didn't wear, I never wore one out. Never. I put it on at the airplane, the airport. I'd be on the airplane. When we serve food, and when we serve the water or the drinks, keep your mask on. When you go to take a drink, pull the mask down, take a drink, and put the mask back on. <laughs> take a bite of your pretzel, and then put the mask back on. I mean, it was so ridiculous. So ridiculous. But I think people's woken up. I know people, people, people used to ask me, Brother Richard, they still do. Brother Richard, you vaccinated? No, I'm Psalms 91. My Bible says no plague shall come down my dwelling. Either we believe the word of God or we don't. No, I'm Galatians 3.13. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. No, I'm Romans 8 too. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is in me. That law has set me free from the law of sin and death. I have power over death. I have power over death. I have power over death. Amen? No, I'm, I'm Isaiah 53, 5. By his stripes I'm healed. I'm 1 Peter 2, 24. By his stripes I was healed. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. I tell you, I can see the word. I can tell it. I can tell. 
the entrance. My son, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. Why? Don't let them depart from your eyes. Why? For my words are life unto those who find them and medicine to all flesh, all their flesh. The Bible says God's words medicine to your flesh. The Bible says God's words medicine to your flesh. But notice it's only life and medicine to those who find. The only way you find is to seek. That's why don't let your pastor do your studying. Come on, don't let your pastor do your praying. Don't let the pastor do your worshiping. Amen? I mean, tomorrow night, I mean, tomorrow morning, Sunday morning, I mean, come in here ready. Come in here already experiencing the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Come in here already with your praise on because you got it on and when you woke up. Come in with your worship on. Come on, church. Come in. Don't let the pastor preach you. Don't let me have to get you excited to receive. No, come in with your receiver already on. Amen. But Romans 8, quickly. Um, you know, I, I'm doing my best to stop saying that quickly. Since we don't do anything quickly, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> Look what he says in Romans chapter 8. He says here, we were there. But notice what he says. I don't want to start. He says, verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are... We are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. Let that sink in. Live after the flesh, you shall die. Many people live after the flesh. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Many people live after the flesh. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy God. The Spirit Himself, it says it, but it's not it. The Spirit's not a it, it's a Him. That's a mistranslation. The Spirit Himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. Oh, hallelujah. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified also together. But the Bible says, the Bible says in verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We are not led by money. We are not led by fear. I'm a, here's a big one. We are not led by opportunity. We're led by the Holy Ghost. 
we're led by the Holy Ghost. Come on, we're led by the Holy Ghost. We're led by the, what's the Holy Ghost saying? Oh, but it is an opportunity. Wrong answer. What's the Holy Ghost saying? Oh, but Brother Richard, who it's going to make life so much easier. Wrong answer. What's the Holy Ghost saying? Oh, but Brother Richard, I'll finally uh, be living in abundance and be able to do things for my family. Wrong answer. What's the Holy Ghost saying? Oh, Brother Richard, I'm going to grow in God. Wrong answer. What's the Holy Ghost saying? Because you can justify anything. What's the Holy Ghost saying? Amen? And one of the things you have to understand that God looks for is faithfulness. How faithful are you? And as I said earlier, many, many, many people understand everybody here, God has a great plan for your life. But sometimes we can alter things as long as we keep doing what we want to do. Because we're fully not surrendered. If you do what you want to do, you're not, whole, you're not wholly surrendered. If you have a heart that says that I can do what I want, then you have a heart that doesn't serve God. Amen? Come on. I, 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 I share this. You get anything out of this? Man, that's enough where I, this is not the way I was going tonight. But that's all right. It's Saturday night. We got, we got all night. Hallelujah. Our brother already prophesied we're going to be here at 1 o'clock, so hallelujah. I would just tell you just to relax. Just let your hair down and jump right on in. Like I said last night, we better have a better time tonight here in church than we're having at some bar down the street. I, 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 I need to share this. I feel by the Holy Ghost. Is that I remember a number of years, a number of years ago that, that I, was, uh, I was in a meeting and matter of fact, Pastor Rodney had uh, had to, this was a number of years ago, but Pastor Rodney had to, he was in revival at our church and then he, he had to leave. And so um, there was like three, four nights left in the week and we'd already been going like, I don't know, three, four weeks by then. So he had to leave. And so he, he, uh, he, had, he, he said to myself and another evangelist out of our church, you guys continue on with the revival. And I remember that that, that next night, Pastor Rodney left and I'm, I'm ministering. And I remember that I actually, <clears throat> it's the first time I can say that I had a, a vision. And I'll be honest with you, I don't see things. I know some people see, you know, angels, and I've never seen an angel. My wife. The only angel I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I've never, I've never, I've never seen a demon. <laughs> seen people act like them, but I've never seen a demon. <laughs> I've gone up to some Christians and I want to just shout to them, come out of that demon. <laughs> some of you just got it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
And I can't really say, I don't really, I mean, I never, I just, I mean, but you know, I've never seen Jesus. But guess what? The Bible says, blessed are those who haven't seen but believe. Amen? Amen. But I had like a, I had like a vision first uh, in the service. It's like everything stopped. And I tell you, I mean, the place was packed. The fire of God was falling. People getting healed. I mean, it's going, I mean, we're going into that time was going into, I forget, like, how many, like 100 million homes. I mean, it was amazing. But yet, I had a vision, and like everything stopped, and I saw my life. And I saw that when I was in, when I was in Bible school, how I was so, listen, so faithful that I quit working my job full-time to go part-time so I can be at, at like the prayer school and healing school. And I struggled financially. That's how I learned that it's okay to eat cheese with mold. You just, pull, take, you just cut the mold off. Amen? <laughs> Thank you, by the way. Hallelujah. And... And then I remember going down for, I remember I saw in the, in the vision that I, because I would go downtown, I would preach at this rescue mission. But the Lord told me to do it. Because I remember when I went down there with my friend the very first time. I mean, my, my ushers were the Tulsa Police Department. I had knives thrown at me. I mean, so many, it, it was a rough area. And the only reason the people were there, because in order, in order to eat, they had to listen to me preach. <laughs> but I went down there for three years. And I remember the first time I went down there, because a friend of mine was preaching down there, and I went down there with him, and he was leaving. And I remember as I'm leaving, he told me that was his last service. And I remember I said, Lord, who's going to take his place now? And when I said that, the Lord spoke to me and said, you are. So I went down there faithfully for three years. Faithfully. Then I saw myself when I was, was uh, tra- started traveling with Pastor Rodney. And I saw him when I was associate pastor. And the reason I'm saying all this is because I was very faithful. And after I come out of it, now here I am, uh, we're, we're this great church, this great revival going on, place packed, going to 100 million homes. And the Lord said, you know what the Lord said to me? The Lord said to me, he said, I can use you this way today because you was faithful yesterday. The Lord said, if you wouldn't have been faithful to do what I told you to do, I couldn't. Listen, the Lord said, I could not use you this way. Why? Because God is just. And God is a God of faithfulness. That's why he looks for faithfulness. Matter of fact, the Bible, and I tell associate pastors all the time, if you want to have your own ministry, be faithful. Because the Bible says, if you can't be faithful with that which is another man's, God will not give you your own. And some people get an attitude and go get off, and they get off and they leave, and they go start their own church, and they're in rebellion. Understand, that's the seeds you're planting, seeds of rebellion. Seeds of rebellion. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Be faithful. If God's called you here to be an usher, be the most faithful usher there is. 
Why? Because listen to me, the only, God does not, God does not promote you based upon, listen to me, your education. God does not promote you or, listen to me, based upon your talent. God doesn't even promote you based on your ability. God promotes you based on your faithfulness. That's why God says be faithful. Why do you think when we stand before God, when the land's book of life is opened up, that when our name's found there, what's he going to say? Well done, thy good and faithful servant. See, be faithful. Because that's when promotion comes. And that's what the Lord said to me. The only reason, listen, the Lord said, did you know like God is like, I don't want to use the word forced, but in some ways he is in a good way because God cannot deny himself. And because God is just, God is a God of faith. And when we operate by faith, God is pleased. That's why, that's why there had to be, and I'll get into it tomorrow morning. You don't want to miss tomorrow morning because I promise you, after tomorrow morning, you're, you're, you're going to see sickness and disease. You're going to see healing in a whole other way. You're, you're going to leave here. You're going to be shouting, I am the redeemer of the Lord. Mm. Mm. What? Oh, oh, baby scream. I need to hear baby. Oh, hallelujah. Thy faithful servant. Thy faithful servant. And because of my faithfulness, listen to me, because of my faithfulness, because God's just, he has to promote. Because he's just. That's why there had to be, listen to me, because God is just, there had to be a price paid for sin. Yes. See, today, the day, you know, people want to, well, you know, why, why didn't the Lord say, yeah, I know what, yeah, I know you made a mistake, and, you know, I, I, I forgive you, you know, just don't do it no more. Because God's just. Because what God said, what Adam and Eve were to do and not do, and God cannot deny himself. And God is a just God. And so when they disobeyed, understand, God had to be just. And follow through with his word. If not, he wouldn't be just. Thank God Jesus came. And you're going to see tomorrow. Shata. But it's all on faithfulness. Just, just do a study on faithfulness. I'm just barely touching the surface. Faithfulness. Because guess what? You know why God's faithful? You know why God looks for faithfulness? Do you know why God promotes based on faithfulness? 
Because God is faithful. That's who he is. He's a faithful God. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. 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 Come on, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's never seen the, he's never seen the righteous begging for bread. Hallelujah. He's faithful. He's faithful. And when God said, if you train up your children in the way they should go, when they're old, they'll not depart, you better know God's faithful. You train up your children in the way they should go, and they'll, all their days they'll serve Him. Come on, they'll walk with Him. Because He's faithful. He's faithful. Now, I know here's what the enemy will do. The, here, listen, because this happens to people. The enemy will come and say, yeah, I know everything he's preaching is the truth, but that's not how you were. Look at all the stuff you did. You did this and you did that and you did that. Tell that devil to shut up and go back to hell. Amen? Because understand something. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. That's why you start now. Yeah, but Brother Richard, I'm old. No, you're not. That's, you're old because others have told you you're old and you think you're old. You're actually not old. And God doesn't do anything based on your age. Well, I can't use him no more because he's 77. That's not how God operates. God looks for faith. I don't care if you're 97. I don't care if you're 107. God's faithful. Oh, hallelujah. Therefore, that's why he wants us to be faithful. Amen? Faithful. And be led by the Holy Ghost. 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 You know how you're led by the Holy Ghost? Because there's peace on the inside. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. And God will purposely have you do things to get you in faith. Because God wants you to please Him. God wants us to please Him. How, we, and we want to please God, don't we? I tell you, the Lord will tell you sometimes there might be things the Lord will tell you to do. It might, it might take you the outer limits of your mind. It's like, Lord. <laughs> but if God's telling you to do something, listen, begin to rejoice and shout. I don't care. How, if, it, if it's big, we shout even more. If it's beyond you and God's telling you to do it, shout even more because that means something big, something beyond you, something your hands can't get you. It's going to come your way as a result of your obedience and as a result of your faithfulness to do what he tells you to do. Next time I start dancing, honey, you honey, come dancing with me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. That might be things God will have you to release. Amen? Come on, that might be things God will have you release. Just don't do it, just do it. Amen? I remember the Lord, sometimes God will tell you to release your alabaster box. Just do it. And sometimes God will tell you to do something big like that. But obey Him, because that means something big God's got coming your way. Come on, obey Him. See, that's faith. Come on, that's faith. 
Come on, that's faith. Luke chapter 5, go back there. So the Bible says here that Jesus was teaching. And as he was teaching, there was doctors there. The doctors of the law were there. All the religious people were there. But the Bible says, the last part of verse 17, and the power of the Lord is present to heal them. The power of the Lord is present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. What was present? Do you realize that the very power that was present to heal them is the exact same power that's present here tonight? Same power? Come on, same power? Same power. But don't be like the religious people. Because isn't it amazing as we read, the very ones that the power of God was there for got nothing. Because they was critical. But the Bible says here, in verse 18, And behold, men brought into bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. That's desperate. But, but, but God calls it faith. And when, listen to what the Bible says about Jesus, verse 20. And when he saw their faith, faith is an action. And when he saw their faith, and when he saw their faith, and when he saw their faith, he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. See, even Jesus was eternally minded. Verse 21, and the scribes and the Pharisees, or the, uh, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this? Who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And people do that, sit in the meeting. Well, I don't know about that. You know that's the same spirit of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But Jesus perceived their thoughts he answered and said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts, whether it is easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power upon the earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately he rose before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house glorifying God. Verse 26, and they were all amazed and they were glorified. Let me see it again. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and they were filled with fear saying, we have seen strange things today. The Amplified says, strange and unusual and unthinkable. See, I understand something. Wherever the anointing is, there's strange and unusual and unthinkable. Wherever there's individuals who operate in faith when the presence of God is present, there'll be strange and unusual and unthinkable things taking place. Tumors come off people. Demons leave people. In the house tonight, there is absolutely nothing impossible. Nothing is impossible. 
absolutely nothing is impossible tonight. See, understand something about hunger. That's why Jeremiah said, if you seek me, you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I'll be found of you. I'll be found of you. Because when you seek, you find. That's why the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Knock and it'll be opened. Ask and it'll be given. Do you know why many people don't ask? We got a lot of people in church, they don't do no asking. They do everything on themselves and do everything by themselves and do everything in their own power. That's not how God intended for the church to operate in this world. God's intended for the church to operate by the Holy Ghost because God is our source. Because he's our strength. Because he's our life. Because he's everything. And God's a jealous God. He wants there to be nothing before him in our life. He wants to, listen to me, he wants there to be nothing before him in our life. Understand, when God is first, he can care less what's second as long as he's first. But when he's first, everything's second and third and fourth is going to please him, going to come alive. Amen? He's first. No, he's first. I remember, I remember one time I'm in a service. I actually was just a few years ago. I'm in a service, and all of a sudden the Lord spoke to me and said, give your alabaster box tonight. <clears throat> well, I know my alabaster, everybody's alabaster box is different. My alabaster box was my golf clubs. <clears throat> because I, I, I had the best. And, but you know what blessed me more than anything? Because I didn't sit, because in years past, I'd go, I, we've all done it. I, I rebuke you, devil. <laughs> Come on, we've all done that. No, I can't be God. <laughs> but the Lord said, give you an alabaster box tonight. I knew it was my golf clubs. And you know what I did? I, you know what blessed me? Is the moment he said it, I said, yes, Lord, whatever you want. And I knew who to give them to. Because I have a pastor friend of mine in Virginia, not too far from here. He loves to play golf, but he's got a, he's got a handicapped daughter, and, and his clubs are about 20 years old. And, and I, had, I, had a, my, I had the top of the line. I had the best of the best. I had custom everything. And so I, I went home, put them, in my, put them in a box, and I sent them to him. I overnighted them. He called me when he got him crying. What are you doing? I said, I'm obeying God. He said, you know what this is? You know what you've done? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I said, don't, I said, don't go any further because if you're going to, listen, a good giver is a good receiver. So receive it. Amen. I went and played some old set that I had for about six months. Then the Lord supernaturally blessed me with another. But that's how it is. But the thing that, the thing that meant more to me than anything is that even though I, my wife would tell you, I love the game of golf. But you know what that blessed me more than anything is the fact that it, I realized that day it don't have a hold on me. Yes. That God means more to me than anything. 
I didn't fight it. And some things is the test. Because understand, if God, if you, if God can't trust you with material things, the things you can see, the things you can touch, and things you can handle, how can he t- trust you with things you can't? How can he, if God can't trust you with material things, how can he trust you with the true riches? Which is the anointing. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you right now, if God can't trust you with $100, he surely can't trust you with his miracle working power. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. And see, listen, be, be radical in your giving. But I want, you to see some, I want you to see hunger for a moment. So here's this man, he's paralyzed. I'm going to show you hunger. Some people think they're hungry and they're not. That's why I said the very beginning of this, this church or, the, or this service or something Wednesday. Make no mistake about it. God sees everyone that's present. And it doesn't go unnoticed. Because God looks for hunger. Because God looks for those that come after him. God wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. God wants to use you more than you want to be used. So think about this. Here's this. When I get to heaven, I want to talk to this guy. I want to talk to blind Bartimaeus. I want to talk to the one with the issue of blood. I want to talk to this guy. Because here's this man's paralyzed. So obviously he heard that Jesus was present. That Jesus was in his hometown. Now he's paralyzed. He can't walk there. So he has to get friends. And we know through the, as we just read it that he had friends. Now he's faced with an obstacle. Trust me. On your way to encountering God, on your way to having a face-to-face meeting with God, there's going to be obstacles. But you can't allow the obstacles to move you. Because that's the only thing Satan has. But we are the church. Nothing stops us. The most powerful force on earth is the, is the force of the power of faith. You know why it's the most powerful thing on earth? Because it's faith that moves God. It's faith that pleases God. Do you realize that your faith can cause the Lord of glory himself to stand still? It happened with blind Bartimaeus. Jesus, that's not a David, have mercy on me. Then they shouted at him, be quiet. King James says, they said, hold your peace. Basically, they said, modern day English, shut up. And so many people do. So many people do. And they miss the miracle. So many people do, and they miss what God has for them. Because they get in the natural. Understand, if you're going to walk in what God has for you, you can't live from here. you got to live from here. And we don't go by what makes sense. You got to see the big picture. God sees the big picture. And we only, we only see in part. God sees the big picture. Trust him with your life. 
Trust Him with your life. Trust Him with your life. Somehow he had to get over his friends. Jesus is the down. I'm getting to him. Nothing's going to stop me. Blind Bartimaeus, be quiet. The Bible says blind Bartimaeus shouted even louder. He shouted even louder. Who's the, I need a cloth quickly. Some cloth. Like a, well, like a thing, rag. You know, like, a, like the thing you cover people with. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, they're, they're cloths. I call them rags. Rag ladies. Blind Bartimaeus. He wore a robe. Because the Bible says that, well, the Bible doesn't say, but tradition tells us that people that were blind in Jesus' day wore a robe to signify they were blind. And they told blind Barnabas to be quiet. They told him to shut up. That's why we got to do like those in the Bible. Do what this man did that's let down from the roof. Do what blind Barnabas did. Do what the woman this year of blood did. Because your results will be the same. Because that's what faith is. The Bible says he cried even louder. He wasn't going to let them stop him from the miracle. And so many people allow others to keep them from their miracle. And a lot of times it's family members. Or sometimes it's friends. And I'm going to show you right here in just a moment. If you've got friends of yours that they're not, they don't live by faith, then you need to drop them as friends. If you've got friends of yours and they're dabbling in the world, they're hanging around the world, they're not your friend. Then you need to drop them as friends. Amen? Isn't it amazing that we'll tell our kids, now don't hang, go, don't, you, can't, don't, you can't go hang around that guy. Don't go hang around that kid. Don't go hang around that girl. How many of you told your kids that? I even told my daughter, don't, you, can't, you, can't, don't, you can't hang out with that person. Isn't it amazing we tell our kids to do it, but we don't take our own advice. Yet we want to hang out with people that are worse than the kids that we're telling our kids to hang out with. And people hang around gossipers. You're not going to win them. They'll corrupt you. Next thing you know, you'll, stop, you'll start gossiping. Which, you don't want to be a gossiper. You'll start criticizing. And it's a little subtle. You know, it's subtle. When people get in, ah, you see the pastor, you see, honey, you see what the pastor wears. You see what the pastor drives. Here's how the enemy operates. See what the pastor does. <laughs> Where does he get that money? He's a pastor. Where does he get that kind of money? It's a demon. Understand, God doesn't cause division. And you listen to that, it'll destroy your life. You believe, the, you believe that kind of car the pastor's driving? <laughs> I had a pastor one time tell him, I'm, go, I, I, I'm go, pastor of a large church, thousands of people. I, pre, I preach for him. We're in his new car. We're going to play golf. 
And I said, Pastor, I said, nice car. He says, oh, man, he said, I think I'm going to have to get rid of it. Like, what? Why? He says, oh, I got people in my church, you know, there's got attitude and they're complaining because I'm driving a nice car. I said, Pastor. He said, what, brother? He said, what, what brother Richard? I said, it's a Ford. Or, or excuse me, it's a glorified Ford. It was a Lincoln. I said, "Are you seriously, Pastor? Seriously? It's a, it's a, it's a made by Ford Motor Company. Ford, found on road dead. Ford." Or it could be first on race day. <laughs> yeah, me too. I said, Pastor, seriously? He, and I said, it's not like you get driving a Bentley. And, and who cares if you was driving a Bentley? You should. It's a Ford. He said, Brother Rich, you don't think I should get rid of it? I said, absolutely not. I said, if it was me, I said, I would purposely buy a second one for my wife. Because the moment you yield to that bondage, it'll control you. And the fact is, and I said to him, I said, I promise you something right now. I said, I promise you. Open to that person that's complaining. Open up their checkbook. You're going to find out where their heart is. Because people, people, people that are, people that are live right, people that do right, people that are full of the Holy Ghost, actually rejoice when the pastors are blessed, not complain. Amen. They actually people they don't even care, actually to be honest with you, they don't even care about it because they're busy about the kingdom. People that gossip, complain, they got too much time in their life. And, it's, and they hook up to a devil. But yet it's okay. It's okay for their favorite football player to have the best. Oh yeah, don't, no, don't, 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 don't. Brother Richard here, don't, don't you touch my eagles now. I mean, I liked your preaching, but now it's getting too close to home. Don't you touch my eagles. Now, isn't it amazing? And yet, they even, they even vote for their taxes to be raised just so they get a new stadium, new house. We need, that. We, we, need our, we, need our, we need our team to have the best. We can't outlet. We can't let New York outdo us. And you watch them, man. They're faithful, and they get up every single football day. They're watching that game. They even miss church to watch it. Oh, well, you know God understands. See, and they justify everything. God understands. 
People get a little, people squirming a little bit now because I'm getting touching home. Oh, and then they justify. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're radical in their worship. I mean, they get out. I mean, they get up. They go. They get the, They go to the football game, and they be out there. It's zero weather and it's snowing, but they're there. It's snowing and it's there. Then you got your radical worshipers. They take their shirt off and paint a P on their chest. They paste their whole chest green with a purple with a white P. Or faint their face. They're the radical worshipers. You can even see their worship. It's so cold. Hello. Come on. Then they rejoice because their favorite quarterback or their favorite player got a, got, got a new contract. Who gonna keep him now for the next five? Ooh, he's he's worth three hundred million. <laughs> he's worth three hundred million. Oh, did you see that? Did you did you did you see that Phantom Rolls Royce he's driving? Oh, he deserves it. But let the pastor get a new car. Where's the money coming from? He don't need a car like that. He don't need a car like that. No, you see how ridiculous and hypocritical yes. it is? Yes, absolutely. I tell people, if, you, if you're against prosperity, then there's a lot of churches in this city that will accommodate you, but not this one. We believe in the prosperity. Because we want to go up higher. Because God has commissioned me, God has commissioned us to establish his covenant, to get the gospel into the world. And I'm going to obey him. And the more I got, the more I can do. Amen? Let them, let them talk, let them talk. Then, try, then they try to make you feel guilty. No, 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 trying to make you feel guilty. How about you see that? Did you, did you see that car? Did you see that car he's driving? Well, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's homeless people in the city. That money could have been that car could be sold and given to the poor. Well, we know what spirit that's of. None of this is in my notes, by the way. <laughs> but I'll tell you, there's freedom in the house. Amen. I want everybody here to be financially free. Amen. I want everybody here to be free in your body from sickness and disease, free from torment, to be able to do what God's called you to do and bless your family. Amen. <laughs> you taking a picture of me? You sure get my good side, all right? Well, the Bible, you know what? The Bible says, they told him, but be quiet. I'm not going to tell you to be quiet. 
I'm going to tell you to be quiet. Well, you know, you're going down that church. I heard about that church. I heard about that pastor. He didn't take a vow of poverty. It's a cult. You see how that, you see how his wife is up there doing praise and worship, jumping up and down? That's not a lady. No, it's people say stuff. Bunch of devils. Don't go to that church. See, it's just the enemy to keep you from what God has for you. Amen. When they tell you to be quiet, just remember blind Bartimaeus. The Bible says he cried even louder because God is watching. He cried even louder. Jesus! Thou son of David, have mercy on me! The Bible says Jesus, the Lord of glory, God himself, stood still. And guess what he said? He said, come. When did he say come? When he, when he found out that he was in faith? And when he did not yield to those that was trying to rob him? That he got bold and took a stand. He didn't comply or compromise. He passed the test. And the Bible says, and I'm going to show you faith. We heard it in his cry. But the Bible says, and blind Bartimaeus cast. He cast off. Read it, Mark 10, start with verse 46. He cast off his garment. Why? But he's still blind in the natural. But now his faith's talking. His faith's talking. I once was blind, but now I see. Because the master, the anointed one, he calls me. The one who has authority over blindness. The one who has authority over Satan, death, and hell. The one who has authority over sickness and disease. The one that can cure my blindness. He calls me.
calls me. He calls me. He calls me. But you know that God himself, you know what's even greater than that day? Is that God not only calls, God through redemption has already provided and granted life, freedom, healing, miracles. And all we got to do is just do like blind Bartimaeus. Go after it. Just go after it. You got to come after it. And that's what you're doing tonight. Because here's the reality. You could have stayed home tonight this Saturday night. You got to be here in the morning. You could have stayed home. I could have stayed in my hotel and watched the basketball game. Because my Wildcats were playing tonight. No, no, no. But it was a choice. You made a choice to come here tonight. Oh, no, I'm not missing. I'm not missing out. Oh, no, I know what's going on in my church. There's revival in my church. Oh, there's blessings in my church. I'm not missing. No, I'm hungry for God. There ain't nothing going to keep me. There's nothing in this world. There's nothing in this life. There's nothing in the natural that's going to keep me from getting to my church where the glory of God's at. I don't care if I have to walk in the snow. I don't care what I have to do. Nothing's going to keep me from my God. Oh, hallelujah. Because I know if I seek him, he'll allow me to find him. I know if I call unto him, he'll answer me. And he'll show me great mighty things that I know not. I know that if I draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to me. Glory to God. There ain't no devil big enough to keep me from my God. Hallelujah. Because there's no God as big as mine. Come on, too big of a problem you cannot find. And it makes no difference what the devil tries because there's no God as big as mine. And when that devil comes around, and he's boasting himself so proud. And he's telling you all the things he's going to do. Oh, you're not going to make it. Oh, you're, not, you're going to struggle all your days. You're going to die of sickness and disease. You're going to be defeated. You'll, you'll never be what God's called you to be. You'll never. I just know all your mistakes. Don't you know all the things you've done wrong? When the devil comes around and he's boasting himself so proud in your ear, you just look that ugly devil in the face. And you put him in this place. And you tell him there's no God as big as mine. Because he's El Shaddai. He's the God that's more than enough. 
He's the God that causes the sun to stand still. He's the God that causes water to come out of a rock. Oh, hallelujah. Shakarabasita. I'm about ready to take off now. I promise. Woo! That's what, that's what, blind, and then what did Jesus say? Thy face made thee whole. Thy faith. He didn't say my faith. He didn't say God's faith. He said your faith. Same with the woman, this your blood. Nothing going to stop me. I'm going to touch his garment. Ain't nothing going to stop me. I'm going to touch his garment. Because when I touch him, faith's going to be released. When I touch him, the power of God's going to be released. And that power's going into my body. And I'm going to be healed. Because Jesus said, the Holy Ghost is on him. The anointing is on him. And it destroys every yoke of bondage. Sets every captive free. Heals the brokenhearted. I'm going to touch him. And I'm going to receive my miracle. Nothing's going to stop me. I don't care if they got to break the law. Nothing's going to stop me. I don't care if they try to stone me. Nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to touch his garment. I'm going to get my miracle. You got to be that way. Even when it comes to the offering. I don't care what my checkbook says. I don't care what my bank account says. I know what my God promised me. I know what he's saying to me. I know what he told me to do. Nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to obey him. I'm going to obey. I'm going to release my seed. God is going to release a miracle in my life. Not just because I'm going to obey him. I'm doing it because I love him. Radical givers. Radical worshipers. Because we're the church. We're bought and purchased with his blood. We're the church. We got his life. We've been set free from death. Sickness and disease. Nothing can stop me. I'm the church. Shaka. And everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. Tomorrow's a new day. Come on, next week's a new week. Next month's a new month. Everything changes. And that's what this man said. He got a hold of his friend. Take me to where Jesus is. Take me to where the anointing is. I got to get to the anointing. See, that's why I tell pastors all the time. You know, it really don't make no difference where your church is. Just get the anointing there. Everybody, ever, you got pastors, they want to brand themselves. Forget about the branding and just get the anointing. Forget about the branding. You just get the fire. Come on. 
You get the fire. You get the anointing. People come. You know who proved that out? John Osteen. Now, when his son is the pastor now, but John Osteen had over 20,000 people in his church before he died. Do you know John Osteen proved it out? Do you know John Osteen, when he built his church in Houston, he built it in the worst part of Houston? That goes against... <laughs> that goes against these church growth gurus. Isn't it amazing? These church growth gurus, they have all these stats and all these points and all these things to do, but they don't even mention the anointing. I don't even mention the fire of God. The worst part of Houston, he built his church. And they come from all over Houston. See, where there's life, people come. I remember I had a pastor friend of mine in a certain state, and I was talking to him. He said, well, I think I'm going to move my church. Really? Why? He says, well, I think I'm going to move it to the wealthy area. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, I got to deal with this again. I mean, that's no different than the guys that says, well, I'm going I'm to leave the church because I got a better job. They can double the amount of money. Yeah, it's three hours away. It's no different. I'm like, seriously? So I, I thought, you know what? I said, you, can I speak freely? Obviously, he said, yeah, because I'm his, like his mentor. And I said, that's stupid. Sometimes you just got to get on people's level. Amen? I said, why? You think, you think because you move your church in a wealthy area that your finances are going to increase? That's so carnal. That's so carnal. That's so soulish. I've taught you better than that. I said, besides that, the wealthy area, see, it's so carnal because you think if you move your church to the wealthy area, then your church is going to grow and it's going to have more money. But you don't realize some of the most stingiest people there are in the world are, religion, are rich people. You know, some of the stingiest people there are. Why? You know why they're stingy? Because they live in fear. They're afraid of losing what they got. That's not a life. If you live in fear, that's not a life. That's not life. Living in fear is not a life. That's bondage. I said, you, I said, what you need to do, pastor, I said, get on your face and cry out to God. Get the anointing present. Get the anointing in your midst. Come on, get the anointing in your midst. Get the Holy Ghost in your midst. Get signs and wonders in your midst and people come. Thank, and you know what? He, he didn't move his church. But see, people get, they get caught up. See, that's, a, that's, that, that's, that's why it's important for your pastor to, get, to come to conferences every year. Why? So they can come and get charged up, get impartation, and come back and release it to you. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. hallelujah. This guy says, the anointing's there. I'm not going to be paralyzed no more, but take me to where he's at. Yeah. 
So they bring him to where Jesus was, and he's faced with opposition. He's faced with a, with a, with, with a rebuke in some ways. You can't come in. There's no more room. It's full of preachers. Wow. I know us. That's what the Bible says. The religious people, the Sadducees, the Pharisees were there. The wooden seas, couldn't seas. They were all there. <laughs> you can't get in. There's no more room. But I want to get healed. My healing's in there. No, no, no. But you, we're not letting you in. You can't get in. But he knew his miracle was in there. No, my miracle's in there. My touch is in there. That's why I'm not missing every night. That's why I'll be, I'm going to be here all night. I'll be here as long as I got to be here. And I'll be back in the morning. My miracle's in there. My touch from heaven's in there. What's going to change my life is in there. And I'm tired of hanging around turkeys. Because you can't soar like an eagle if you hang around turkeys. You know what I mean? <laughs> but thank God he had Holy Ghost, uh, I say Holy Ghost friends, but thank God he had friends that believe like him. Yeah. Because they took him. And then when they, fought, they wouldn't let him, when they wouldn't let him in, I'm sure they said, what do you want to do now? Huh, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm not taking no for an answer. No, 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 you don't understand. I am not taking no for an answer. My miracle's in there. My healing's in there. My deliverance is in there. My freedom's in there. The power to heal me is in there. And I'm getting in there. Oh, come on, church. Nothing. Well, what do you want us to do? I got an idea. Take me on top of the roof. What are you going to do up there? I'm going to do nothing. I can't, but here's what you're going to do. <laughs> See, understand, that's why you need Holy Ghost friends. Because his miracle could not have been manifested without having people full of faith that believe like him. That's why you don't want to hang around people doubting unbelief. That's why you don't want to hang around people that are not on fire for God. Amen? And you young girls, that's why you don't go out or even entertain the thought of having a boyfriend that's not on fire for God. Matter of fact, let me take it a step further. There's no such thing as a boyfriend. You serve God with all your heart and God will bring you a husband. Amen? Amen. My daughter, she never, she never, she never had a boyfriend. I, I told her. I, I told her. I, I trained her right. My 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 exact sentiments. <laughs> I, I did. I trained her right. I, I made sure. My my daughter. Listen. People here know my daughter, but my daughter's very girly girl, very prissy. She's girl. She is. She's a girly girl. 
But she's also first degree black belt. She's, I used to take her around the country. She's also, when she was 12 years old, ranked second in the country for weapons. And I trained her that way. Because I wanted her to, to be prepared spiritually and naturally. I remember when, my, when, her, when her husband asked, you know, was talking to me about, you know, and I knew what he was doing. See, when you follow the Holy Ghost, I, I knew my daughter's husband before they even knew each other. Because the Bible says he'll show you things to come. And I was sitting in church and I saw Chris walking down the aisle and the little spirit of God spoke to me and said, it's your son-in-law, it's your, it's your daughter's husband. Yeah. He is. No, I mean, I, and the Lord said, that's your husband. And I looked at him, I'm like, oh, God, no. No, I didn't, I teased, I didn't. No. <laughs> I didn't. So then he came around, and I, and I told her, that you, there's no kissing. They didn't, matter of fact, when Pastor Rodney married him, after they got married, when he, they, she turned and, you know, she kissed the bride, he turned the congregation, and he said, this is their first kiss. And when my son-in-law asked, you know, I, I knew what he was doing. He came to me and said, hey, you know, maybe someday we can go play golf. And uh, I said, you play golf? He said, no, I don't play golf. I said, no, I don't play golf. People don't play golf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I knew he was doing. I was just like, you know, down. Oh, well, maybe you can teach me and we'll go have lunch. I said, okay. I knew what he was doing. But I already knew. See, I already knew. You know, and I used to say, you know, I mean, you know, whenever whoever my daughter finds as a husband, you know, I'm, he's going to come over and I'm going to be cleaning my guns and stuff like that. But I knew who, I knew, I already knew it was God. So he comes over and so we go out to eat. And he says, hey, I, well, uh, I'm, in love, uh, I'm in love with your daughter. I believe she's the one for me. I'm the one for her. And I ask for your permission to marry my daughter. You know what I said to him? I said, let me ask you a question. He said, yes, sir. I said, do you honor God with a tithe? He wasn't expecting that answer. <laughs> he stepped back and he said, excuse me? I said, do you honor God with a tithe? Uh, well, well, yes, sir, I do. I said, faithfully? Yes, sir, faithfully. I believe in tithing. And I honor God with a tithe. I said, okay, you can marry my daughter. <laughs> I said, Chris, if you'd have told me you don't or sometimes you do, I'd have said no. Because the Bible says if you don't honor God with a tithe, you're a thief. And I don't want my daughter marrying a thief. It's my baby. Then I said to him, then, then after, you know, I agreed to it, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, you know, my daughter, I trained her right. You know she's first degree black belt. I said, let me ask you a question. Are you going to be man enough to live with somebody knowing that your wife can kick your butt? <laughs> <laughs> But looking at her, in, in the, you wouldn't thank her because she's very girly, girly, very. Matter of fact, I sparred her with her one time and she sent me to the doctor, hospital. It's not that funny. Why are you laughing? She's sitting there laughing. No, I'm joking, I'm playing. See, understand. 
The Holy Ghost knows everything. See, the thing, the Holy Ghost, listen to me, that's the enemy wants to come and get you when it comes to your family, comes to your kids, your son, your daughter, your grandbabies. The first thing the enemy wants to do is get you in fear. That's why you got to combat it with the word. Absolutely not. Here's what, my, here's what God promised me. Here's what God promised me about my son. Here's what God promised me about my daughter. Here's what God promised me about my grandson. Here's what God promised me about my granddaughter. See, we either believe the Bible or we don't. Amen? So you got to have friends like that. you got to have people like that. And I'm so thankful because we all go through things. I'm so thankful I got Holy Ghost friends in my life. Holy Ghost friends. Take me on top of the roof. All right. We're here with you. We're with you. Whatever it takes, we're going to do. However long it takes to pray, we're going to pray. However long we've got to fast and pray, we're going to do it. We're here with you. Let's pray through. We'll pray. We'll break this thing over your life because we're the church. Come on, we're the church. Come on, we're the church. Nothing can stop us. Nothing can withstand it. We're the church. Hell might come at us, but it can't overcome us. Come on, hell might attack us, but it can't defeat us. Because we're the church. Oh, sucker. Come on, church. Get this. Get this tonight. Get this tonight. Get it over your kids. Get this tonight. That's why you speak over your kids. That's why you speak over your kids every night. I see little kids here. And I'm so, first off, I'm glad the kids are in the meetings. No, I'm glad, I'm glad the kids are in the meetings. There's so many times we want to, we want to regulate our kids to back there watching some cartoons. Whatever. I don't even, whatever they are now. Blue Goose or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Huh? Or Bluey or whatever. I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know none of it. And they need to be in here. Why they need to see the power of God. They need to see you shouting. They need to see you worshiping. They need to hear the word of God being preached. Amen? Well, they just won't be still within discipline them. Amen? Bring coloring books and crowns and let them color on the chairs. I don't care, but just get them here. No, I'm teasing. Don't let them, no. I just said that because I want a reaction from Pastor Joe. And I got it too. Did you see that? I got a reaction. I was looking for a reaction. I got it. He goes. <laughs> you got a reaction? Because <laughs> they need to be in the presence of God. Because God touches the kids. Yes. Listen, I was just at a church, my wife and I, a few weeks ago. I remember praying. I was in a seven-week revival in Massachusetts. And I remember I prayed for the son at the time. He's probably like eight. I remember I prayed for him. The power of God hit the son. And, and, I, and I, I knew he was called. I said, he'll be a pastor. And we was just there a couple of weeks ago. And he's, now he's, I don't know, he's in his early 30s. He's one of the pastors of the church. Called. He got called in, in the meeting. He got called in the meeting. Get your kids in the meetings. Because I pray for the kids. 
Amen? Amen. Get your kids in the meetings. How many, well, Brother Richard, they just, they, 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 they're too noisy and I, I want to uh, just tune them out. Tune them out. Come on, men. You tune your wives out. Turn the kids out. <laughs> come on, come on, ladies. You tune your husband out. Turn the kids out. I don't tune my wife out. <laughs> She's shaking her head. Yes, you do. <laughs> okay, whatever. So you gotta have. That's why I love my church. I mean, we have all night prayer meetings. I mean. We go to get there at whatever, six or seven, pray to six or seven. Now it's 12 in the afternoon from 12 at night. Not all, just nonstop prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. And the kids are there. Kids are there. I, I love this. I love seeing the kids. I love this. Seeing the kids in the meetings. I promise you, you get your child at a young age seeing God, encountering God, and I promise you, you'll be spared a whole lot of hell when they get older, when they get teenagers. Amen. All right. We're going to get you. We're going we're gonna to go up there. The Bible says they go up on top of the roof. Not even his house. See, Faith. When you just, that's why I said earlier, you show me a hungry person, I show you a dangerous man. Because you won't take no for an answer. I'm getting in there. No, 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 I'm getting in. I am getting in there. Come on. Amen? I'm getting. I told my wife, I said to her, if we're ever somewhere at an airport or wherever somewhere, and you go in the restroom and I see a man come in there, I'm coming in. I'm coming in after you. And if he even looks at you wrong, I'll introduce him to Jesus. And you men better do the same thing. You go and see your wife go in a restroom and some man comes in there, you better go in there. Or your daughter goes in there, you better go in there. And it's unfortunate that that's the place that we are in the world today. That's where we've come to. Come on, church. All right, we're going to get in there. So they're up on top of the roof. The religious people in there, Jesus is in there. Next thing you know is they're taking away some of the roof, not even their house. So they're taking away some of the roof. Next thing you know, it's a sunroof. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're like, look up, there's dust coming down. There's a, there's a hole in the ceiling. Next thing you know, there's men up there. It's a hole in the ceiling. This would be good for sight and sound. There's a hole up there. There's men up there. All of a sudden, it closes up because here comes a man being let down. Here comes a man being let down from the roof. Why? It's faith. It's hunger. Because faith don't take no for an answer. Faith says my miracle's in there and I'm getting in there. Nothing's going to stop me. I'm getting in there. Next thing you know is he's coming down. Jesus sees him and Jesus sees his faith. That's what the Bible says. Jesus saw his faith. 
See, you know, here's the difference. The religious people, they didn't rejoice. See, here's what, religion gets mad because there's a hole in the ceiling. Not because the man gets healed. I remember I was in a church having a revival. And I remember that the pastor said to me, he said, I told the pastor, I said, Pastor, I said, your church, the carpet's ugly. Is ugly. Update. I keep, I mean, every time I walk in your church, I'm expecting A. Allen to walk out. That's what I told him. He said, he said, oh, Brother Richard, it's, it's been such a sore eye with me and people in our church, but there's one of the elders. It's always one of, it's one, always one of the head demons, uh, I mean deacons. <laughs> that he's stopping us from getting new carpet. Is that old, is that old red? Is just, oh. He's stopping us from getting carpet. I said, why? Because you know what the man did? They was at the board meeting. The man said, I'll do it. he said, I got, I got the Holy Ghost right there. So I said, you know what? If I was pastor, I would get him. I said, now tell me, show me, stand where you got the Holy Ghost. And I'd take, a, I'd take that piece of carpet, I'd take a carpet, I'd cut it out. I'd, I'd even put it in a frame and buy you some candles. But we're getting new carpet. See, that's what religion does. Because that's bondage. But the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Understand, if, there's, if you go to a place and there's no liberty there, religion's there. It's very clear. But if you go to a place and there's freedom in the house, you better know the Holy Ghost is there. Because where the spirit of God is, there's freedom. There's liberty. Amen? Amen. That man got healed. But it wasn't just his faith. It was also the faith of his friends. See, that's why you got to, see, that's why the enemy, that's why you got to have a good church. That's why there's no such thing as, well, I go to church online. No, you don't. You're in rebellion. Because what are you going to do? What are you going to do if you're sick in the hospital? That's why I tell people, listen, we want you to support our ministry monthly, but your tithes don't go to our ministry. Your tithes go to the church. Your tithes go to the place you get fed. Because if you ever need help, or you're ever in the hospital, I'm not going to be the one to come pray for you. It's going to be your pastor. Amen? Come on, church. So you got to have people like that in your life. you got to have people like that. I mean, listen, if, 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 if I'm, God forbid, if I'm, ever some, if I'm ever in hospital and my life's dependent on a prayer, there are certain people I don't want my wife to call. Because I want to live, not die. That's why I know I got a pastor friend. I got pa- all my friends. I call Pastor Rodney, call. I got Pastor Joe. I mean, come people and raise the dead. Come on. Knows how to get a hold of God. That's going to sit there by the stuff, going to sit there and going to pray in the Holy Ghost. How long it takes. You've got to have people like that. 
Because what are you going to do when you're out there in the world? You guess what happened? The Bible says in, in, when Peter and John, the church, went through the gate called Beautiful, got the man healed, now they come under persecution, they got put in jail, and when they were let go, they were told not to preach no more in the name, and the Bible says they went to their own company. They went to the church. And they reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So you got to have a, that's why the enemy, it's a lie from hell. The enemy comes around, well, you don't need church. You don't, you don't need church. Oh, yes, you do. God said don't forsake the gathering together yourselves. And if somebody come and tell you that you don't need church, they're being used of the devil. I don't care who it is. They're being used of the devil. You need to get them out of your life. Amen? Because they will also be the one, well, you know, you don't, have to, you, don't, you don't have to give your money. You don't have to honor God with the tithe. You don't have to give offerings. Yeah, they're the same ones that bring you to the place to where you're struggling and you're poor. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. I don't know why I got my notes open. I didn't even use any of them. See how the enemy works? Because just like God uses people, the enemy uses people. And everything God does in the earth, he does by the Holy Ghost through people. But everything that Satan does in the earth, he does through demons, through people. Amen? That's why you've got to have people on fire for God in your life. If you don't have them, pray. God will bring you some. You've got people that are going to, listen, you've got people that are going to press you, going to you know, put pressure you in a good way to go f- deeper in the things of God, to come up higher, to press into the fire, press into the anointing, press into miracles, press into blessing. Amen? That's what a pastor does. That's what a mentor does. That's what a Holy Ghost friend does. Why? Because in the end, oh, you might not like it while it's going on, but I tell you, oh, woo, when the breakthrough comes, you'll be thanking God for that person. Because the breakthrough will come. The miracle will be manifested. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I'll share this and I'm going to pray. It's still early. It's only, I don't know why I looked at that thing. It's only 947. But I'm going to share this and I'm going to pray. I remember when, when I, was, I was so hungry for God. And I'm, I mean, I'm pressing through. I'm traveling with Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. I mean, I'm so hungry. I have a little Ford Tempo. I'm going all, I mean, we're going from Kentucky to California to Oregon to Rhode Island to Florida to Oklahoma to Arizona. To back to, I'm going to drive all over the country. I got a little Ford Tempo. Don't even have cruise control. <laughs> Couldn't even put my seat back. Because I had suitcase and golf clubs. <laughs> I drive all over the country. God, I'm so hungry for you. God, I'm so hungry for you. See, they were telling me, and you know, and it was family members. You know, they always come, you know. 
they all family members. My mamma, my grandmother, my grandfather, you know, it's like, you know, especially, they, it, it, Ricky, honey, Ricky, honey, you know, your cousin Todd, ooh, he's got his own business. You know, your other cousin, man, he got, a, he got, a, he got, he just got hired at Ford. You know, your other cousin doing this and other cousin doing this and, 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 and you're following our African around. That's what I'm saying. You're following an African. You're following a guy around. Yeah, but I'm after something, Memo. I'm after something. Yeah, don't you think, you know, God, you know, you know, and here, and then my daddy. It's amazing things people believe is not even scriptural. Sounds good. But then my daddy comes to me. Well, you know, son, God helps those that helps themselves. No, no, he doesn't. God helps those that obey him. God helps those that trust him. God helps those that takes his word and applies it to their life. And try to do it. You know, I, I, was, I couldn't be, I couldn't be moved. Because God promised me if I seek him, I'll find him. I'm coming after him. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be one of these preachers that gets up and has a nice little poem, has a nice little message, sweet, or play some movie clip. There's a church now. There's a church in Florida. You go there and in the service they serve coffee and popcorn. But when you have no anointing, that's what you got to do. When you're backslid, that's what you have to do. God promised me he let me find him. God promised me. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it takes. Because you know what? Because I said to Pastor Roddy, I'm going to travel with you. Wherever you go, I'm going. He said to me, I said, I, I, he said, I, I, I can't pay you. I said, what I'm after money can't buy. Now, out of the goodness of his heart, because he's a big giver, he did give me, uh, I think, $100 a a week, I can't remember if it was a week or a month. It was a week, a week. But still, that ain't nothing. Got a car payment and everything. I'm so hungry for you. I drive down the road. Sometimes we drive over 24 hours. I'm just driving down the road. God, I'm so hungry. Lord, I'm so hungry for you. God, I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. You know, then the, the enemy will come. You know, all your family, your cousins, they're successful. You're making a hundred dollars a month this year. You know it's been over over a year now, and God ain't touched you. It's lies from me. That's what I said. When enemy comes around and, and he's boasting them so so proud and telling you all the things that's happening, he's going to do. Just tell him to shut up. Tell him to go back to hell where you come from. Amen. Now he's the only one you can tell to go to hell. <laughs> but you can tell the devil to go to hell. God, I'm so hungry for you. And I'd go service after service, 52 meetings. I'm so hungry. I was in over, what, 52, 52 times eight is what? Who's good at math? Come on, we 
got a modern technology. We got a phone. Calculate it. What is it? 52 times 8. I was, in, I was in over 400 meetings. I was in over 400 meetings. Not one time that I experienced the fire of God. For eight months. Actually more meetings than that. Counting the times I was just with him part time. After 50 meetings, he ain't going to get nothing. He ain't going to get anything. After 100 meetings, you're wasting your time. Your cousins are successful. After 200 meetings, more than 400 meetings. God, I'm so hungry for you. God, I'm so hungry for you. I don't care what time it is. I don't care if I'm here all night. I don't care how long. God, you promised me. God, you promised. See, God loves that. God loves when you remind him of his word. God loves it when you take his word in the midst of all opposition. You stand upon his word and won't be moved. When everything in the natural is against you, God, you promised me. God, I'm so hungry. And I remember, I remember, no, actually, I don't know why I said eight. It was more than that. It was about 12. I mean, it was, anyway, I, I remember, now come Christmas time, I had no money. I had a little Ford Tempo, four-cylinder, which for me, that's just of the devil. I like, I come from a racing family. I like power. I like speed. I had somebody come to me one time. They said, well, you know, Brother Richard, because they knew I like, my family drove race cars. I like, well, Brother Richard, you know, the speed limit's 70, and you do 71, then the angels get out. I go, stupid. So I thought I'd freak them out. I said, you know what I found out? What, brother? I said, I found out when I do 150, the devil gets out. <laughs> now, don't nobody leave here and do 150 tonight. Don't you do that. You've got you to give religious people their own medicine. It's so stupid. And I remember, I, I was in December. So I said to Brother Rodney, I said, where we go next? He said, well, I'm heading to Daytona Beach, Florida. I, said, I had no money. I had 30 bucks. I said, I'll tell you what. You go to Daytona. He said, I said, where are we going afterwards? He said, I'm going to Apollo, Pennsylvania. Do you know, when I had an encounter with God, it was in this state. This is the state I had an encounter with God with. And it just dawned on me. It just dawned on me. This is the state I had an encounter with God. Where's Apollo at? So, so somebody look it up. Apollo Pencil. I might maybe we can go there once tomorrow Sunday. But anyway, so three hours and forty minutes away. Well, uh, next trip. <laughs> and I said, okay. I said, here's what I said I, in my head, because we all do it. I said, you go to Florida, I mean, yeah, you go to Florida, and I'll stay around, because, you know, I think, oh, I'll do something, I, I collect bottles, you know, it's Christmas time, you know, whatever, maybe get money for Christmas or whatever. 
And then when you come back through, we'll hook up and I'll go to Apollo, Pennsylvania with him. He said, okay. And I remember when he left, the Lord spoke to me. The Lord said, go to Daytona. I said, Lord, I got $30. And I'm actually going to my grandparents' house because I'm going to change the oil in the car. Back then days, I can, I, can do everything for, I, can, I can do everything for $10. Five quarts of oil, a new filter, everything, $10, 10 to $12. Now I'm down to like $20. The Lord said, go. So you know what I said? I said, here's what I said. I was so hungry. I said, Lord, I said, I'll, I think I can get to Atlanta. And I'll probably run out of gas somewhere in Atlanta, right up past Atlanta. But I'll go. I'm so hungry for you. And I'll just hitchhike the rest. I'll pull the car over on the side of the road, and I'll just hitchhike the rest of the way. You know, back in my day, it was okay to do that. So I go to my grandparents, I change the door, and I'm sitting around with my grandma. My mamma always looked at me and she said, Ricky, she called me Ricky, honey. She said, Ricky, honey, you going to Florida? She said, you got any money? I said, Mamma, I'm fine. I didn't, I didn't have 20 bucks. She said, well, Ricky, honey, let me give you some money. I said, oh, Mamma, I'm fine. She said, no, I, but I want to. I want, I want to give you some money. I'm like, okay, but if you really want to, I'll take it. <laughs> so she opens up her refrigerator. I think this might just be a southern thing or something. I don't, maybe it's a Kentucky thing. So I'm like, what's she doing? Open up her freezer. Open up her freezer. As she opened up her freezer, not refrigerator, she opened up the freezer. She's reaching in. I'm like, what is my grandmother doing? She, then she looked at me. She said, now, Ricky, honey, she said, now, don't you tell your papa. This is where I keep my stash. I said, Mama, how long you kept that in there? She said, oh, ever since we've been married. Because back in that day, my grandmother, I mean, my my grandmother on my grandfather's underwear. I mean, he worked hard. He was a super guy. But, you know, it's just that era. You know? We're getting back to that. <laughs> Notice I said that here in front of you. <laughs> you just see the look on my wife's face. Don't we, right? <laughs> so I'm like, Mamma, do you know, and I have to tell you, I can't even believe it, but I had the thought. The thought hit me. When she said, oh, no, I've, I've kept my stash here, you know, since long as Papa and I have been married. And I had the thought. I'm like, I can't even believe I thought it, but I had the thought. Man, I wish I'd have known that when I wasn't saved. <laughs> I'm like, shut up, devil. I'm, 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 I'm a new creation. <laughs> so she gives me some money. I don't know what it was. I think I had like 50, so probably 30 bucks. So I mean, I had $50 now. So I had enough gas to get to Florida. So I got in my car then. A couple days later, drove to Florida. We get into Pastor Rodney's office. Now, I'm going to show you something here. That God does watch and he pays attention. That's why I said earlier, don't think for one moment you being here goes unnoticed with God. Because I go with Pastor Rodney in his room and he says, hey, let's go down to the beach. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm not really a beach person, you know, I mean. So we went down to the beach and and then we're there for a while, and he goes back. He said, I'm going to go up in the room and get ready, you know, for the service. So I'm out there looking at the ocean. Then I start to have a pity party. Anybody ever do that? Yeah. A few of us. So I'm looking out the ocean, and I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> what is my life? <laughs> then, I'm, then, then now I'm tormented because my dream in life, because my family drove race cars, my dream in life was to win the Daytona 500. 
and I'm on Daytona Beach, I could turn around and right over my shoulder I could see the racetrack in the distance. It was my dream. And I'm sitting here thinking, here I'm 24, whatever, five years old, broke, crying out to God over a year now, been in I don't know how many meetings, nothing's happened. I've never felt the fire, I've never felt nothing. And some of you come to me, he's been in these meetings, you think, I don't feel nothing. Well, how would you like to be in 52 meetings a month, over eight months, and feel nothing? Yeah. It was me. I feel nothing. I'm like, oh, God. And all of a sudden, here's what happened. I need, come, come here, buddy. You, you're, my, you're my illustration. I'm going to show what happened. Just, just stand facing that wall. You're going to be me. Stand right there. You're going to be me. All of a sudden, somebody comes up to me. This physically, this happened. Comes up to me and does like this. <laughs> Slaps me on my back. And I turn around. And they took their finger and put it in my face and said, The Lord told me to come and tell you that you passed the test. And turned around and walked off. And I'm sitting there going. <laughs> then I went, <laughs> first test I ever passed in my life. <laughs> Thank you. Do you know it was the very next meeting after Christmas? We go to Apollo, Pennsylvania. That's when my life changed. That's the night the fire of God fell upon me. And everything you've been seeing happen, everything that took place last night, everything that happened is a direct result of the encounter that I had with God in Apollo, Pennsylvania. And I'm not going to go into it because I can't, but maybe uh, I, just, I can't, but I'm going to pray for people tonight. But See, God, was, God tested me. But God tasted Abraham. Now, now, when I say test, sometimes people's mind goes, well, well, maybe this sickness is a test from God. Absolutely not. Listen to me. Listen to me. God, listen, this is very important. Because religion says stuff like that. But listen to me very closely. God will never test you with something that he's redeemed you from. He's redeemed us from poverty. He won't test you with it. He's redeemed us from sickness and disease. He won't test us with it. He's, come on, he's redeemed us from death. He won't test us with it. He's redeemed us from hell. He won't test us with it. Come on, church. He's redeemed us from oppression and depression. Come on. That's why I could see now the whole service. That's why the Lord had me teaching on earlier on faithfulness. Because it was my faithfulness to not stop that brought me to the place to where blind Bartimaeus was. Jesus said, come. Where now the Lord says he's passed the test. Go tell him he's passed the test. Yeah. <laughs> and everything that's been happening here is a direct result of that morning in Apollo, Pennsylvania when my whole life changed. And I tell you, I'll be honest with you. I, I, this week, I've been preaching myself hungry. <laughs> hungrier. I'm, all, I'm hungry. I'm always hungry. I bet I'm preaching myself hungrier. It's this time we go to another level. Brother Joe, it's time to go to another level. Amen. But you don't go there religiously and get into some religious rut. Come on. It's from a heart. It's from your heart. You've got to get hungry for God. Cry out to him, God, I'm so hungry for you. 
God, I'm so hungry. Do you know, I was so hungry that I would, I would lay down at night and I would go to sleep. The last words I'm uttering out of my mouth, Lord, I'm so hungry for you. Lord, I'm so hungry. I would wake up in the morning, first words out of my mouth, God, I'm so hungry for you. Lord, I'm so hungry for you. God, I'm so hungry for you. But he promised us if we'd seek him, we'd find him. He promised us, Jesus, that if we'd seek him, we'd find him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Things about to change. Things about to change. Your days of struggles over. Your day of hell's over. Your days of guilt and shame's over. Your day of condemnation's over. Oh, hallelujah! Satan's lost. He's defeated. Every demon in hell, every demon that's tormented you, that's taunted you, that's lied to you, that you've yielded to, rebuked in the name of Jesus. And they go from your life in the name of Jesus. No more, no more bondage, but glorious liberty. No more bondage, but glorious liberty. No more bondage. The glorious liberty. I need every head bowed, every eye closed. Tonight. You know, every service is so different. But there's something that God really wanted to say tonight. And we had to deliver it. Because every single one that's here tonight, forget about your past. Forget about your mistakes and what you think's done. And you think you've done so much that it's over. It's not. It's a lie from hell. Every single one of you in here, your greatest days are ahead of you. Hey, this is Pastor Joe. And before you go, I want to pray with you to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. This is your opportunity to be 100% sure that heaven will be your eternal home. It's very simple. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you mean business with God, he means business with you. I want you to pray this very simple but powerful prayer and mean it with all your heart. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe that you were crucified and God raised you from the dead. I believe that you are the Son of God. I repent of all my sin and I ask for your forgiveness. I give you my life do something with in Jesus name. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. The Bible says all the angels in heaven are rejoicing because you just prayed that prayer. The next step is to find a good, strong local church. If you live anywhere near Lancaster, Pennsylvania, we invite you to join us at Life in Christ every Sunday at 10 a.m. 
We have some of the best people on planet Earth. We love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.